Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of The Cosmic Circus. On today's episode, we are excited to talk about Ahsoka, the newest entry into the Star Wars world. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today are Drew Reed and Emily Mack. How are we doing? Good. Doing pretty good. What's up, guys? I'm Drew. Great to have you both on here. You're both our Star Wars aficionados here, so yeah. it made perfect sense to have the two of you on here. Um, and Drew, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to start with Emily because she is Star Wars <laughs> as far as we're uh, concerned I'm, here. I'm, I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> so, Emily, I want to know what is your impression of these first two episodes? Because a lot happened and, and it's setting up a, a lot to go forward. What do you feel like? Like, how do you feel about them? I really loved these two episodes. They, I felt very good because Dave Filoni, he created Ahsoka and he's put, you, I can already tell he's put so much time and effort and just so much care into this character and just how we're seeing her as she gets older and stuff because we've seen her like as a teenager, young, and then she's had to endure so much between like leaving the Jedi Order and what happened on Mandalore with Maul and helping them and then surviving Order 66, joining the Rebellion in her own way, being a secret, and then coming into being with our rebels, like Hera and Sabine, and seeing this older, more patient version of her is just... It's a change, and I think it's hard for some people to see, but you have to remember that she's an adult now and she's learned from her mistakes and like taken everything that Anakin and Obi-Wan has taught her. And you can see that in Dave's writing and his creation of her and his vision for her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Before we go further, sorry, spoiler warning, everybody, we are going to talk about things. Nothing that you said there was spoiler, but just in case we get there. Um, but I do love what you said, because that is true. Like this, we've seen this character grow from a, essentially a child, a teenager, to an adult now and it's been quite the journey and she is quite different and that is something that hopefully we can we can touch on later um drew what are your thoughts on this um i thought i felt really polished i think that's a word that i keep mm -hmm. you know it keeps coming back to me is the series it feels really polished um you know in terms of uh writing cinematography vfx production design costume design i think everything feels really complete uh really put together i think you can there's a lot of times where you can't tell they're on the volume which has been a reoccurring issue i think in hollywood in general um in terms of like the show itself i'm really enjoying it i, I mean I, t I mentioned earlier to you brian I, I watched it three times this week i watched both both episodes three times um you know the first time just to enjoy it just to like you know, it's a reintroduction to Rebel, which has been gone for five years. And I think, um, you know, I just wanted to, at first, I just wanted to watch it and enjoy it without kind of being overly analytical about it. And then I went back um, a second time, probably about a day or later, and I kind of like, you know, ran through everything in my head about what I liked and what I didn't like. And I, overall, I mean, I feel like the quality, it just feels, I mean, it's on like a different level. It feels like a movie, you know, like... So that's what I've really enjoyed about it so far. It's just the, the how polished and, and and how high quality it feels. Yeah, I think that's a great point is that it did feel much more cinematic than I feel like even like the last season of Mando, which I love. I love Mando. Don't get me wrong. But this had that very, I guess, like prequel-esque feel to me of like how the first three were kind of shot and like how 
like the transitions and everything about it felt very you know yeah. 2000 yeah. star wars yeah totally i mean mm-hmm. there's multiple transitions like um there was one transition that sticks out it was uh like when when ahsoka first arrives back on the ship of hera and they're going to like that meeting in the meeting room where they first where they're taking they're looking at the hologram of of balan and shin and um there's a transition like to the meeting room where it's like it makes like the same it's the same transition as the lego star wars games it's Actually, just like a slide across the yeah, screen. It's that yes. screen with that with that noise i was like oh my god like so, just like that little detail was like oh man that, that brought me back like that was like such we're a, back like, yeah the, back. it was such like a flashback and like i just haven't seen anything like that so like that's just like the little details like that that they put in there that make it feel like like it, it just feels great and like and especially like lethal looks really good too like like mm-hmm. the city the highway like being on the highway was super cool because I, I guess it's called the highway right like yeah i don't know really what you call, call it, it the highway but, yeah i don't really know what you call it but like it just because that was like in the first episode of rebels and like it just feels like such mm-hmm. a such a callback you know like so I think part of that too has to do with the fact that like the, the 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 original trilogy, which is fantastic, and like the newer trilogy had a very like dystopian feel. But the first one felt so like you saw these like the cities and things were thriving, and this one you kind of got that feel again of like things are thriving because we we weren't all in deserts, you know. Like, um, and really cool, you know, some of the the effects that made it feel like we were in space again and we weren't just in the middle of a sandstorm in the middle of nowhere um it's nice to have a break from the desert i'm so (laughs) sick of going back to the desert as much as i love tatooine and i feel like mando has just taken place there like far too much in like those empty places like navarro so being back in like these familiar places like corellia and like everywhere else and seeing it like be built back up and be like a true city is so nice it felt grand like it felt like um you know, like we said, Navarro kind of feels practical, like not not like, uh, you know, like I prefer practical, but it feels almost mm-hmm. like you can tell you're there. On, they're, they're on a set like the, it kind of felt like that at sometimes in season three. And didn't really feel like a believable location sometimes. And, and this I mean, the like, you know, for example, like Corellia looked great. I mean, like, you know, we saw it in Solo I and mean, I think it looked really like similar like that. It just it felt cinematic. I mean, that's going to be a word that probably I'll use. <laughs> It did feel it felt a lot more cinematic than, than a lot of like stuff we've seen in like Mando and Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. I think a part of that, like you said, is that we're not going back to Tatooine because it's like that just feels so oversaturated. Like we've seen so much of Tatooine and like desert planets, and mm-hmm. as much as like that's like super iconic to Star Wars, I think going to these new places is going to kind of introduce introduce the the whole series is going to introduce us to new places. I, would, I, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting too, because, you know, I think you're right. While it felt cinematic and stuff, I, in my head I was thinking like, that's almost what I wanted Obi-Wan to feel like was cinematic. And I felt like we got a lot of the desert feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this does feel like it's kind of back on top. Um, with that being said, I know there's so much that we seem to like, but what was like the part that like we liked the most? Um, what what was just like, ah, this is what I love about this series. Emily, again, I'm going to start with you. Oh gosh. Um, uh- I think I have like two things. Um, okay. Mainly because since this is like sort of a continuation of Rebels, I really liked seeing Chopper back. Because, yes. And he's voiced by Dave Filoni. And Drew and I talked about this. It was weird that we could tell what he was saying because usually like you can't, but like sometimes there were moments in Rebels where you could. But like this time you could fully like it was Dave Filoni yeah. talking and they warped it. But I just liked seeing Chopper because he's like insane and people who've never met Chopper before, like, 
this is just like a first like taste like i hope there's mm-hmm. more of him to come because he's a crazy asteroid he has <laughs> killed so many people he's blown up ships he's stolen things he does not care like he's he's my favorite um the other thing i really liked about this is the parallels between Sabine and Kanan and Ezra because mm-hmm. Kanan was like her dad and Ezra's like her brother and he even said it we saw it in the message that you know they grew up together which I think is a lot of things uh something that people when watching Rebels kind of confused like their relationship they like it was either a ship or it was like brother and sister and I always saw it as a brother sister thing I never saw them in like a romantic relationship um so just like the parallels like of her living like in the in the comms tower like he did their her like racing down the highway in that first episode like Ezra did trying to get away from Kanan and then like down to like the knife movements when she cut her hair like Kanan did in um mm-hmm. that his like final episode it really felt when, when I saw her living in like the tower uh, it felt like almost someone who was like stuck in their morning like when you like mm-hmm. lose like a sibling or like a family member and so I was really glad too when he said you're like you know you're like a sister because I never got the feeling of the the vibes in Rebels that they were romantic but like this mm-hmm. is definitely like losing you know Kanan was like a father to these people or like an older brother and like Ezra was so important because he was a family they were a found family and so like, yeah. that was a really cool dynamic to have there. What about you, Drew? What do you What do you love about this show? I mentioned it a little earlier. What really struck me, like, man, I'm a I'm a cinematography guy. Like, I love the I love a good visual. Um, I thought it was visually like uh, visually. You know, I, I'm going to reiterate it. It was visually a step above anything else we've seen in Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Disney Plus wise. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's up there with like the Last Jedi in terms of like you know just how visually great it looked. On top of that, the score. The music was great. I mean, that really uh, added so much depth to a lot of scenes. The first episode had a lot of, um, there were some kind of stagnant moments. It was a little slow at first, which I didn't mind. I like to spend time with these characters, but there were moments obviously where it was a little bit slow. Um, and, and then you just get such a great score that that kind of adds, you know, when, when a score adds depth to a scene that, that kind mm-hmm. of just puts everything together. And I think a lot of the times, that isn't the case in movies and sometimes we don't even notice music, but when you're able to notice music in a scene, it adds so much to the scene. And I think that, you know, they really nailed that the, the, you know, the visuals and, and the music, I think that that's such a huge part of star Wars, you know, obviously the characters, I love the characters and I'll, I'll get into that eventually, but such a huge part of star Wars is just the landscape and, and the music. And I think that's a part of like what really made star Wars, star Wars, you know, so going off something you said there, and I, this is something that I would like to get both of your opinions on, you know, it it was a, a, t- a tad slow, I will agree, in the beginning, but I didn't mind that because I already knew these characters. Do you think that our desire for that or like being okay with that is dictated because we know these characters and that people who didn't would probably have found the first episode maybe a, a little slow to the point of if it was aired by itself, it would have maybe not have gone on to have people watch number two? Does that um, make sense? Like yeah yeah i don't know if it like would have been like uh like somebody would turn it off but like yeah it's like so man uh you know ahsoka is such a hard thing that i've been thinking about all week is 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 rosario dawson's portrayal of the character is it dave filoni that's telling her or is this kind of what she's 
how she wants to portray the character because it's very like she's almost like a monk like she's very like monotone kind of like i don't mean this in a bad way but she's kind of rigid you know like she she her her line delivery has been very monotone and i think that's because dave kind of wants her to be like um you know almost like a jedi like a jedi monk kind of like uh you know she's found like inner peace and stuff like that and um but i think that's been really off-putting to people i've seen a lot of people say you know like rosario dawson's portrayal has been a little bit like you know one-dimensional and and i think a lot of that i think it, i think because rosario dawson has so much like i mean i've seen her in like interviews and stuff she has so much like you know energy and emotion that I don't think it's I don't think it's her doing that. I think it's more so the direction that she's been given by Dave Filoni, and I think a lot of people aren't kind of seeing that, and they're kind of they're kind of saying that she's like you know being a little one dimensional, but I think that's more so the direction than it is her acting. I think it's the direction too. I think once we see her more with Sabine and more with like people and inter and like the as these interactions go on, I think in a way like she's gonna have like more life like breathed into her and she'll like Mm -hmm. get that feeling of being with like another person again and being so close with them and having her own padawan in a way and like she was with anakin like she was like unruly she was like a snippy Mm -hmm. little teenager and Mm -hmm. he was trying to control basically himself and now she's doing the same thing so i think she'll have the life like breathed back into her once this continues on I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that it's like part of our overall arc most likely. And, and, and Sabine mm-hmm. kind of brings a lot of life to like the show. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people kind of are like, you know, favoring Sabine more in the show because she kind of brings a lot of the energy, the emotion, the life to the show. And um, I think she's been the standout so far. I mean, Rosario, I think she's done like exactly what she's supposed to do with the direction she's been given. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just people just gravitate to, towards Sabine because she's the more energetic you know like brings she's out the, the brightly reaction. colored and like yeah, yeah, she brings out like, the reaction she's, she's there yeah. but overall i don't like you know if you've never seen rebels um obviously my advice would be to, to watch it watch rebels. <laughs> yes yes my sure. advice would be to watch it but at the same time don't kind of you know discount these characters just yet you know like, yeah there's a lot of them there's, there's so much dimension to all of these characters and I, and, and, it's, and it's the same person who wrote rebels so right i'm not necessarily worried that they're going to lose that touch because dave like he knows these characters like you know like they're like his kids you know like so like i'm not worried about that so i think i would give the characters some more time you know a lot of, a lot of people say the first episode was it was a little bit like slow you know very like slow pace and Obviously, I think it's going to pick up. I think there's a lot, there's a lot left in this series of like stuff that we don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it definitely picked up by the second chapter, uh, yeah. but you know when you know Emily you talked about parallels, and I think the one parallel stuck out to me because as a psychologist, I'm always looking at the way people are and how we relate to them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Ahsoka's personality and journey is very reminiscent to how we saw Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi. He was kind of cold and off because he had been through so much hurt and pain. He's lost everybody. And Ahsoka is also someone who has lost a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really driven home in the, was it the seventh season that was released on Disney plus of the clone wars? Yeah. I think you saw a lot of that in there of like, she's still this hero, but I think she's a little more guarded than the kid that you saw. Cause she's not a kid anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think in Rebels you see a lot, of, a lot of like a, a, an evolution of the character too. You know, I, 
when Rosario Dawson first debuted as Ahsoka, it was in 2020, right? And I, I was actually in the middle of watching Clone Wars. So I had I was watching The Mandalorian and I'm like, man, I just don't see this. Like, it just doesn't work for me. Like, because I'm watching like season four of like Clone Wars mm. where she's she's like 15, you know, like where she's like a kid having fun and stuff. And then you get like this older, like like 30 years later, you get Ahsoka who's kind of been through so much. And like, I hadn't seen that yet. And then I got to Rebels and I was like, okay, I see. Like, this portrayal is very much so based off of like Rebels and her journey in Rebels and what comes after Rebels. And I think that's very apparent, you know, like, so. Absolutely. Mm. So with everything that we liked, is there anything that we didn't like? And I'll just say for me, the one was just a little bit of pacing in the first part, but there was not much. And usually I'm pretty critical of Star Wars because I'm like a passive fan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, the two of you to say that. <laughs> I, I've watched everything Star Wars besides the Bad Batch. I, hey, I it's do... okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But there wasn't a there wasn't like nothing that I really had a problem with. I thought the villains were great. I thought mm -hmm. that the characters were great. Chopper was fantastic. I always love Chopper. So I'm very just not having anything wrong with this series yet, besides maybe a little bit of the pacing issues. Um, but Drew, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is just me being like a prequel fan. Like I, I, I hold lightsaber duels to a very high standard. I mean, it's, I know realistically you're never going to top like Anakin versus Obi-Wan on Mustafar, but like, I think every time I see a lightsaber duel, I'm like hoping for that. Mm -hmm. So like, I have a little bit of like unrealistic like expectations. Um, and that's just something I'm trying to work on. But like, every time I see a lightsaber duel and it doesn't come up to that standard, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I like this, but then it, like after a while it, it kind of sinks in. But um, yeah, I'm hoping for more kind of extended action sequences. Um I really liked Sabine versus Shin in the first episode. I thought that was really well mm -hmm. done. I, I was surprised. That was like significantly better than like everything else we've seen like from the sequel trilogy. Like, um, so yeah, I think. But in the second episode, the the fight between Ahsoka and Marak or Merrick uh, Marak, I think that's how you pronounce it. But um, that was a little bit short. So I'm just hoping for more detail in, in that. Um, other than that, yeah, just the pacing issue in the first episode. I think that everybody kind of agrees with that but that didn't really take away didn't really take away anything from the episode um in my opinion it was just slow and if you love these characters you're going to be okay with that if you're not you know if you're just being you know introduced to these characters you're going to be like oh, this is a little bit slow but um i don't think it's going to be an issue throughout the series agreed I'm right, sick of people leave. getting sorry. I'm sick of people <laughs> getting stabbed and living. Listen, I could have accept. I can ex like. Yeah. Qui Gon, he died. Okay, he got stabbed. He's not coming back. Maul got cut in half. He came back. I accepted that. That was cool. The Grand Inquisitor gets stabbed. I thought that was stupid and it had no shock value to me. Sabine gets stabbed and she's still alive. There's zero shock value yeah, there for me. No, there was, it was so dumb. Yeah, like it's just relax. taking it's just taking away from i think like qui-gon's death in a way because like yeah, he got definitely. stabbed and he could if he could have came back and then like in that last fight between kylo ren and ray like he got stabbed and she healed him and he lived <laughs> like yeah, there's been so too many, many people are getting stabbed there's been a lot of stabbings uh reva twice in obi-wan yeah and the grand inquisitor and they're just throwing out those stabbings. 
exactly. my god, man! It's like, like they just hold no hold no vape, hold no weight anymore. Like no, I'm not expecting anybody to die from a lightsaber stab anymore. I know the Grand Inquisitor one. I think is the one that was like so stupid to me because it's like if you watched Rebels and like you, yeah, see you know people he wasn't talk about die. it, you know he wasn't the, gonna die. That that was yeah, um, but that was my only issue. There with was the a show. lot of. Uh, a lot so of issues far, with uh, is that Sabine getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I do agree you? with that. I, I agree with the the stabbing. That's something I actually completely forgot was the stabbing. And mm. I've seen a lot of discourse on that. And yeah, I, I agree. It's just like they just got to chill with that. Like I know that she was stabbed in her side. She wasn't stabbed in like a. I know a, it probably know, missed from, like, something. A, a metal medical perspective, like mm-hmm. she was like stabbed through like her side, so like it wasn't like you know like she right. went through like the heart, you know like. Mm. But other than that, I just I just think it's just like you know. It just takes away from the value of like the. It really does. Yeah, that means the last major death that actually stuck was Harrison Ford as Solo. Yeah, was all. Yes. Yeah. That was the last one. Apparently, apparently Harrison Ford does not have the power to withstand a lightsaber stabbing. Disappointed. Yeah, all right. Expected more from him. So it sounds like that would have been something you that you maybe would have changed is the stabbings. Yeah, we could have gotten there. Some some other mm-hmm. way we could have given a, her a, a, a little kind of a little slash or something you know yeah you, you know I think that part of it too is that they're trying to like drive home the fact that like these bad guys are like formidable Useless. but yeah but yeah, I think that too. like it was almost it was almost done better with Darth Vader in Rogue One when he was just like going through and just like demolishing people that were like not important that didn't matter yeah and like that's brutal you know yeah 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 that that um there's one other thing that I, and I that I didn't like and I don't want to go on for too long about things I didn't like because I really did love the first two episodes yes. I think it's better than anything else that they've done so far um the the hallway fight scene with with Ray Stevenson um Balin in the first uh sequence when they're it know, looked very much and... like Luke in those trooper bots from um yeah it's the end was, of Mando season two it was too yes. stiff for me. It, it, yeah. was too, it was too stiff for me though it, it was uh if you if you watch Darth Vader in Rogue One and then you watch that scene, there's just like a crazy difference in quality there. Like you know, you have Darth Vader who's a robot who's just flinging the lightsaber around mm-hmm. like crazy, blocking everything, and and you have Balin who's just moving it around like he's like like yeah, just like super stiff and like rigid and like it just didn't like that just didn't look good. That's something I would have changed, but that's mm-hmm. just such a minor detail. But like that, uh, I didn't love that. But other than that, I'm I'm good with everything else. What's funny is that I remember laughing at that scene and then I completely forgot about it because the rest of the show I was just impressed with that I yeah, completely exactly. blocked it out until you said that. Um, yeah. So then how do we feel about this being, you know, a, both a, a follow-up to Rebels and a follow-up to like the Mandoverse? Do you think it fits one better than the other? I, I think I'm going towards Rebels because it, it, even though it's part of the Mandoverse, it doesn't didn't have the same feel as it. But I guess what are your thoughts on how it fits for both of these? I think it fits Rebels way better because it definitely does kind of feel like a season five just with Ahsoka more in the center of it because she was kind of in she was very present in season two of Rebels and then we lost her at the end. Yeah, that was the only season she was present. Yeah, like the end of season one, but then like this huge presence and then she was gone for the rest of the time up until like the end of season four so it's picking up where that scene that last scene had left off um in the finale like truly but it's just like it's very much centered around her and sabine and i can see like all these pieces like 
for the Mandoverse just kind of clicked for me the other night when I was writing out my review and um, mm-hmm. writing out the Thrawn guide because like looking at like Air of the Empire stuff and like reading all that through and then like kind of seeing how it um, how Dave Filoni is kind of making it his own thing in canon with Ahsoka and the Rebels and stuff. I can see like Mando was just like he's a way to bring us into like these stories like because he's met so many people and he including Ahsoka and now like I think everybody we've kind of met is just kind of getting handed off into like their own separate like corner of the galaxy and he's just going to keep doing his thing until he's called on by friends again. Yeah, I think after this season, I think the Ahsoka and the Rebels are going to be more of the focus of the Mandoverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Din Djarin and Grogu's story, I feel like, is kind of over. Not like over, but like... Not over, over, but we are going kind to... Of, their arc is kind of finished. Like yeah. Now they're kind of just around. Season four, I would assume, is going to be like folded into what would have been the Rangers of the New Republic. Um, yeah. I had... What did, what did I say? I think I put it in the Thrawn Guide. Where skeleton or was it Ahsoka? I can't remember. I've written both of I wrote both of those at like the same time. <laughs> like I finished them up around the same time. But I think um Skeleton Crew and Ahsoka have kind of like split the ideas of Rangers of the New Republic in a way. Mm-hmm. Because exploring like that That's uncharted nice. space stuff is skeleton crew and like that uncharted like space is where like the chiss are and that's thrawn and yeah. a whole other galaxy is what we're talking about in ahsoka from mm-hmm. a jump point in their galaxy to another so that's where i thought it kind of got handed off i don't know if i'm wrong there but that's just my guess yeah i mean it's obviously a, you know spoiler but i think it's pretty clear we're heading somewhere else to a new galaxy in the mm. second half of Ahsoka. And, yeah. Um, there's already, you know, rumors out there that Skeleton Crew is going to be heading to the same place. Um, I don't know if you guys mm. read that already, but yeah, that's where the connection between like Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew is, is that they're both kind of headed to that new galaxy. Um, I feel like, and I, I really hope we don't see Mando, Mando and Grogu in this show. I really hope we don't. I hope, so. I hope we don't either. I hope I, I, love, I love them, but yeah, I just need a break. I hope and they're I, chilling on Navarro in their yeah, little good. house. Because this is like so they're focused. Fine. This, this, this series is so focused that... Yeah, and I... Uh, sorry to cut you off. I think with Dave okay? writing it, and he's, all, he's like so... Whenever there was an Ahsoka episode, he was so focused on having her being the center of attention. Whenever she did show up, that I feel like with this, he wouldn't let anybody else kind of be a, come in and take that attention away from her besides a familiar character like Sabine. Like, they're mm-hmm. sharing that in a way. So I don't think he'd let Mando come in and do that. Yeah, I, I hope not. Because, like, this just feels so much more, like I said, like, focused. It, it, it's, com- like, composed and focused. It feels like a one story. You know, I've seen people be like, oh, you know, after the first two episodes, they're going to go do side quests for three mm-hmm. episodes before they get to the main story. And I'm like, no, yeah, like, I don't think we that's have what, a, We have a straight mission here. Is. Yeah, that's not what this is. Like, this is very much so an eight episode like movie it's 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 coherent you know and i think a lot of the cast have reiterated that too and yeah you know based off of like what's out there there's not really based off of the information that's out there about the show there's not a lot of room for filler there's there's a lot to get to with six episodes left so i feel like it's going to be pretty coherent pretty straightforward um you know rebels season five and stuff i mean it's gonna be it, mm-hmm. i think it is pretty much rebel season five it, yeah i'm actually writing an article right now uh where i call this season more of an event than a season one this is yeah 
is an event series. Uh, they're kind of pulling everything together with, you know, Ahsoka, the Rebels, Thrawn, Ezra, you know, all this other stuff. And and I think, uh, you know, I'll talk more about that in the article that I'm writing, but I think after this season, they'll kind of split a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of what you talked about, Drew, with the Walking Dead universe of how, like, we had this, like, main storyline. And then now that it's ending, which Mando did not go 11 seasons, but, like, its it stories kind of reach its conclusion. It's kind of splintering off into this, like, we can do multiple areas of the universe. We don't all have to be centered around Mando yeah, or Bo-Katan, you know, uh, which yeah. I definitely enjoy. You know, like, that's what Walking Dead is doing. And I think that's what Star Wars is doing right now is you have this splinter in the story where they're all going to different areas. But it, what, it, what it is, is that all of these stories all lead back to one central story. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think you're going to see, right. you have Ahsoka, you have the Rebels, you have Mando, Bo-Katan, you know, you have Mandalore now, and, and then you have Boba Fett. And you have all these kind of different areas. And, and, um, and I think, you know, you put all the pieces in place uh, to kind of bring them all back together for obviously the movie that's, that he's going to make in a couple of years, you know? Mm-hmm. So they'll have to, you know, how they wrap up this Disney Plus, this big Disney Plus story. I don't know, but, it, <laughs> you know, it's going to be one hell of a movie. That's for yeah, sure. My thoughts on the movie, man. I just don't know if it's a good idea to do it so quickly. They've got such like, yeah, is, unless they continue beyond the movie, you're kind of wrapping up like five shows, you know, maybe even six shows. And mm. It's like you're just cooking all of your content at that point. So I wonder what the plan is there. And maybe that's more speculation for the future, but and, you know, and perhaps it's going to turn into something like a this is a phase one of whatever this is. You know, they all everybody wants the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm kind of still hoping that doesn't happen, though, because like my Same. worst fear of like this Dave Filoni movie is that it's like Luke and Ahsoka and Mando and Grogu and like all these people and like Bo too, like just kind of like having like an Avengers, Avengers type like moment. walk like, up to like Thrawn and like what it is huge yeah. flight and fight. Um, flight fight and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i just I don't know if i can stomach that one i think it is I th- it's honestly, surprising I think coming from me but it, i have a feeling that's like you and said, they kind of, i think the press release going. or something said that it was like the culmination of like everything yeah in amanda verse and i don't know anyways that's way beyond what we're talking about right now oh yeah this is years <laughs> away i can't even we got time about it <laughs> we have so much so, time so then i guess if we have this next six episodes that are coming out um, where do we think the story's headed and where do we think the season's ending? Do we have um, any guesses on that? I, I'm letting you know, I'm, I don't know. I have no guesses I, on this. I'm just leaving this to my Star Wars people. So, my guess is like, they don't come home with Ezra. I have a strong feeling okay. they don't find him. I don't know oh. why. Oh, that hurts. I don't know. That's gonna because it's gonna be really disappointing because Rebels fans like we've waited like five years to find out where the hell Ezra even is and to find out that he's possibly in another galaxy with Thrawn and then to just have Sabine and Ahsoka not come home with him I think would be like so like distraught like it, I would be so distraught and I think it would destroy Sabine in a way because I it made the kind of like connection like. When Sabine cut her hair, it was because Kanan had his last, it was for Kanan's last stand. And in a way, like, mm. it felt like this was Sabine's last stand. So it's like she either goes out there and she comes home with him or she doesn't come home at all, which is a scary mm. thought because, like, so many people have just met Sabine. Why get rid of her? I kind of felt like it was a return to form for Sabine. Like, 
she let her hair out like kind of like how I, mean, I don't know if you guys have seen game of thrones like john snow uh mm-hmm. when he leaves castle black he puts his mm-hmm. hair up and like a kind of like a he's like a puts his hair up to look more like professional i guess or whatever mm-hmm. at the end of the series when he goes back he goes back to himself and he lets his hair back down i feel like that's kind of what this was like for i guess she yeah had, like, a return she let her hair grow out she's just not like who she was and then this is like a return to form for her so she's you know she put her mandalorian armor back on so that's kind of what i feel like but where in terms of i think the series is heading um it feels kind of obvious where it's like we're gonna be heading to this like new galaxy this new land and obviously thrawn is there and i'm sure ezra's there too and i don't and this is where my i, I differ from emily i don't think that they're gonna leave this series without some you know finding Ezra whether they're able to come back from this new galaxy whether Sabine Ezra and Ahsoka are stuck there that's maybe I don't know that could be a possibility but I think like I I just don't think that there's any chance uh that they don't find Ezra and Thrawn Mm. I mean I don't think they cast him on uh, Imanis Fondi or I think that's how you pronounce it I don't think that they cast him for just a hologram appearance in the first episode no way yeah so how much like this is just speculation how much time Ezra has in the series I mean it just depends on how quickly they get to this new galaxy and how quickly they find Ezra like that, that's where it kind of gets a little bit like foggy in terms of you know, where it can go from there because once you find Ezra and Thrawn what happens next like what what's the next move this this kind of feels like that's like the main objective of the series so it, either it ends on them finding them or they find them before the end of the series and there's some sort of conflict you know so in terms of that i'm not really sure um i think we're also gonna get there's a lot of like rumors i'm not gonna talk about them but of uh like you know hayden christensen his appearance mm-hmm. what's that gonna be you know what does that detail um obviously probably gonna be some flashbacks and when do we get that you know uh, dave filoni he, he's directing episode five uh, you know like uh i have a feeling it might be then then i was yeah. happy we didn't get them in the well, first I'm looking, two episodes like, i was looking when the directors were released i'm like i don't think that they're gonna put hayden christensen appearing on screen for the first time with ahsoka in any episode that's not directed by dave filoni oh no he's so, he probably called that immediately yeah so i kind of feel like it has to be but at the same time you know who knows because like mm-hmm. if you even look in like mandalorian uh anytime like any but any of Dave's characters show up, he directs those episodes. Like mm-hmm. season two, episode five was like the first appearance of Ahsoka. He directed that. I think he directed episode six of Book of Boba Fett too. I, I think. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but um, I feel like he did. I just feel like anytime he has like an appearance or like a special, you know, event or something like that, that's his like that's his thing. So episode five is that does that continue the story does that go back to Mm. flashbacks do we spend an entire episode in flashbacks i don't know you know so going forward if we have another episode showing us order 66 i'm gonna screw i'm gonna lose it i'm going to lose it how many times can you show this to me i die inside every time please the one in obi-wan that was enough for me that one was the worst one that hurt and then grogu's point of view yeah, I don't need Heartbreaking. Thank you. Heartbreaking. Oh, they definitely cooked their, like, their, they've definitely over, like, extended their Order 66 yeah. footage, and we, you know. We've seen Ahsoka in Order 66. Like, we know how she survived it. We don't need to see it, like, come yeah, I highly, from, I, I we don't need it to see it come from animation into live action, like, shot for shot type thing. 
you know, I, I highly doubt. And like, I think it makes the most sense. Like, you know, the worlds between worlds has been teased a lot. Like with the logo is the world between world, the worlds between mm-hmm. world. I don't know. I guess it's the world between, between worlds. Yes. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um, but I mean, it just makes sense. Like if they're going to do a lot of flashbacks to do it, use that as the vessel for like flashbacks and stuff like mm-hmm. that that just makes sense i think that's kind of what the the kind of conclusion that everybody's come to is that's kind of like how we're going to see flashbacks because you can look through time on there you know it's not, it, maybe they can see maybe ahsoka can look back on more than just anakin maybe she can look back on moments with rex or with you know like just any kind of moment that she's you know it, it's like they put that in place to perfectly do cameos you know mm-hmm. and, I know people are like, oh, cameos. Everybody hates that word now, right? Like, they're, they're just everybody's oversaturated cameos, but they've definitely committed, you know, with Hayden Christensen publicly appearing, I think they've committed to doing some cameo appearances. Yeah. And I think this kind of harkens back to the fact that a long time ago, Alex Perez of the Cosmic Circus wrote an article about how a Darth Vader series is imminent. I feel like it's leading towards something like that. As Darth well. Vader series? Mm. Yeah, because um, I wouldn't complain about a Darth Vader series because he's got a lot, like, there's so much, there's like 30 years, like 20 years that we've mm. seen, like, we haven't seen for him. And he's got, like, a lot going on in the comics. And some of those comic stories are, like, really good. And yeah, I love There's a lot of untouched, untouched story. I think it's, like, mm-hmm. you, only do a, you only do a Darth Vader story if you can do, like, a half Darth Vader, half Anakin like a kind of yeah um because james Earl jones is retired he's not doing darth vader anymore yeah um, so i feel like the use of darth vader is going to be significantly less um unless they go through it like, that's just a whole other thing unless they start doing ai with, i know which I think is you know like unless they start doing ai with with his voice and, you know that's didn't cool. they use the ai voice for kenobi Yes. No, I think that was the last time he did. That's a, he said that was the last time he was going to do Darth Vader was the Kenobi series. I think that was it but for him. He also signed. I'm pretty sure he signed with them that they're allowed to use his voice. Yeah, he did. With well, AI. as long as they have his permission. Yeah, yeah. they do. That's yeah. that's all that matters to me. That's just going to be a rough <laughs> subject, man. Like that's going to be if they do anything Darth Vader wise, that's going to be a rough topic, you know. But um, absolutely. So I guess looking at the characters, while this series is called Ahsoka, there's definitely plenty of rebels you know in here this is definitely rebel seasons five so who do you feel like the main character of the series actually is because based off the first two episodes and if this continues this definitely feels like a sabine series that they just wanted to use ahsoka's name for um which i'm okay with but mm. I, how do how do we feel about this yeah uh, uh i think it's a master and apprentice series i think the first okay. title the episode one title kind of says it all i think it's a ahsoka and sabine series you know, um, we'll probably have more moments that focus on Ahsoka and like her past. And, and, and I would assume, you know, if you had to put a, I mean, the, the show is titled Ahsoka. So I think if you had to put your finger on it, it would be Ahsoka. But I think it's probably more so like a master and apprentice kind of thing. And Ahsoka and Sabine are the two leads. Um, I would say it's probably their show and, and their their relationship is their show is, is the show probably. I agree with you there. I think, like, it, they share it I, in the way. And there is going to be more probably focused on Ahsoka's, like, 
backstory and stuff if there's gonna be flashbacks. I don't think we're getting any kind of flashback for Sabine, so I think it's yeah, while probably. we're on Sabine's journey, like it's a lot of Ahsoka and I think her remembering Anakin and their ma- and with for her to train Sabine to have that master and apprentice relationship. Yeah. I think if they're able to mirror that, like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do flashbacks, have them be meaningful, have them show, yes. like, you know, they kind of did that in Kenobi where it was like the flashback between Anakin and, and, and Obi-Wan was kind of, it resonated with what was happening in the present. And Obi-Wan, I think if they need to do the same mm-hmm. thing there where it's a lesson, you know, if they're, you know, you, you heard like in the, um, in one of the TV trailers, you heard the, it was like, yeah, you know, or he's like, you'll face yeah, yeah, you'll like, face like more less... than just droids in this war. And as your master, I believe you can do this, Ahsoka. So yeah, yeah. It's so it's like, like they have she's to kind of facing use that. more. Yeah, they kind of have to use that if they're going to do something like that. Use that as like a way to kind of parallel to the current situation. And that's like kind of the way you do flashbacks is make it resonate towards the story. So yeah. I'm hoping that they do that. But okay, that's fair. Then while we have these master and apprentice, and we've already talked about Ahsoka her you know rosario dawson performance tell me why sabine is so great because she is so great yeah, just think, is. yeah i just think she's i just think natasha bordizzo oh. is a great she's a great actress i think she's just a she captures like that essence really well and mm-hmm. like better than anybody else that's kind of adapting a live action version or like mm-hmm. an animated version i think she kind of she's done her homework you know yeah, they, she really has. Like, she's got, like, how Rosario Dawson, when it, she first showed up in Mandalorian as Ahsoka, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But she had, like, Ahsoka's mannerisms down and to, like, her little, like, hand gesture, like, when she uses the Force. So I think, like, Natasha had Sabine's mannerisms down. Like, she really paid attention. She watched, like, this character, like, so much, like, where she was, like, I had noticed when she was fighting shin she had she was holding the lightsaber the same way like kanan had taught her how to like wield the dark saber and stuff and she's got like the attitude down and everything and she but sabine overall is just she was one of those fun characters who was like so bright and like the life of the group in a way and she was like one of my she was one of my favorites in rebels and she always had an attitude and she was like think first figure it out later and Mm -hmm. let's just go for it she was always with her family she had the rebels' backs. Like she was just—I just, love her. <laughs> I don't know what else yeah. to say about her. Yeah, I—I okay. oh, I definitely agree. And like, yeah, I think it's just basically that she has like, you know, Dave Filoni seems like such like a uh, like a teacher. You know, like mm-hmm. um, I'm sure like, you know, if you looked at their interviews at like Celebration, she said that like you know she she watched Rebels and and Mary Elizabeth Winstead watched like Rebels and Bad Batch for Hera and like really wanted to do like a deep dive on like the character and stuff and it's like like that's what probably makes it so much easier to transition to like an existing character from like a instead of like a book to like um to like a movie like you have like an actual like show to watch like mm-hmm. you know you have like that visual reference and i think that's probably why you know a character like sabine is so great because you have four seasons of like just material and mannerisms and dialogue and mm-hmm. And, and just to go off of and I think that's probably why and I, I mean there's just a great casting choice you know I think she's done she's been like the standout of the show pretty much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that that kind of answers the question that Lizzie asked in the discord of who is the biggest mm-hmm. standout character aside from Ahsoka and it really is um 
it's Sabine. But I mean, I mm-hmm. love Hera too. Hera, but like, yeah, all all of them together are like one unit. So they all just kind of feel like they're one little standout um, trio. Yes. While we had some great Rebels characters return, there was also some great villains. Specifically, um, oh, I'm going to butcher butcher the name. Uh, Shin is that? That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Um, Ivana, uh, I think Ivana Ivana Senko, I think it's Ivana Sakno. Okay, she was fantastic. I loved her character. I thought she was fantastic. Like. She reminded me of the complete like antithesis of Sabine in that like, mm-hmm. she was wild and crazy as well in a way like she had the energy, but she just you like it's what Sabine could have could have became if she would have turned evil after losing Ezra. And I loved the yeah. duality and the parallel mm-hmm. between them, and I cannot wait to see more of of her that character. Yeah. What about, I, what about I, you? I watched her interview at like Celebration, and she actually like. Um, she seemed like the person there who, who like had been most invested in their character. Like um, I believe that she said that, you know, like um, she was really interested in exploring the like kind of how, you know, the the light side and the dark side isn't black and, you know, it's not black and white. It, there's a kind of in between in there. And that's kind of where her and Balin sit and, and kind of just exploring both sides of that and how they get to that point and kind of like the, the spectrum that it's that that kind of like the light and the dark side is on and um and i feel like you can just tell that like both her and ray stevenson have put in like a lot of effort into um like research um because they're kind of playing like this is something that we haven't really seen before you know like mm-hmm. you know they've got the orange lightsabers it's like are they red or, or are they not red you know are they are they like dark jedi are they gray jedi are they Je- you know like it's like a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion on like you know the putting an official title on who they are and i think they've just played that like mystery they've like they've acted out that mystery so well and like i mean uh the girl who the the woman who plays shin she has like such crazy like eye acting like her 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 eyes man like she just she really she's got it down you know like her and, and ray stevenson is just so good like it sucks that like he won't be able to continue the character obviously he passed but man he's great you know like it's just they just both i think that's what a, a big part of like what makes the show really good so far is is the villains they've just really nailed them you know it's like you you needed them for like you know action lightsaber sequences and stuff but you've added mm-hmm. so much kind of like depth to them and and, and i feel like there's going to be more depth you're going to see probably more like of their story you know i mean obviously like you can kind of assume that they're you know order 66 survivors like i, I mean that's not confirmed yet but like you know you saw hu yang say that you know balin was a jedi he constructed his lightsaber with hu yang and um so obviously he was a jedi whether shin you know whether she's probably too young to be like a you know order 66 if she was a youngling or what but you know i feel like there's probably more story to explore with them and i think they've been like a big portion of what has made the first episodes really good yeah i think if they do pick an order 66 flashback it'll probably be from his point of view if it yep. is Balin. and i am curious yeah, as to where exactly. like he picked shin up basically and was like you That's, you're, that could be you're like my good, yeah that yeah. could be a really good order 66 flashback actually um you know, I know we're, we said that we're tired of it, but I think, you know, now thinking about it, that could be a good... Yeah, maybe, what, a maybe what was your point of view there? Like, where, yeah. where'd you go? Um, yeah, yeah. But 
um, having Morgan Elsbeth back, I was happy to see her back because I really like didn't give her like kind of more of a thought after Ahsoka's episode in Mandalorian season two. I was like, she's just gonna go off to like some New Republic prison, and we're never gonna see this lady again. And then when the trailer came out, and it was like, oh, she's back, and she's the villain. And when she was like, oh, I'm a descendant of like the witches of Dothamir. I was like, perfect. Like, oh. Perfect. We were like, cool Clone Wars <laughs> reference. Yes. <laughs> I love this. Tell me more, Morgan. How did yes. you find Thrawn? Because, like, for Clone Wars fans, we know, um, what's her face? Mother Towson, like, in that very odd Jar Jar Binks um, three-episode arc that just felt so long <laughs> Wars, in, like, that last season. <laughs> It was just like she died, like Mother Towson died, and then as Man, we saw Rebels, like Dothamir was like barren, and we know like Ventress died in um, Dark Disciple, which is a book that they took like unused episodes of Clone Wars, and just had someone write that. But like, so we don't really know what happened to these witches, and as far as we can kind of tell, like between um, Marin from the Jedi Survivor games. Um, and Morgan, they're like the only ones we've really seen as survivors. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what she says. You know, she's like, I'm a survivor. Um, and that's obviously a reference to like when Grievous kind of like they, they wiped out all the witches on Dathomir, you know, like that, you know, call back to Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Clone Wars, you're not going to get the reference there. But I got that right away. I was like, you know, she said she's a survivor and I got because her entire race was, was, you know, was uh, kind of wiped out on Dathomir, and it was like her and you know a couple, probably a couple of witches that survived. And, um, but yeah, I did. I do think it's interesting too that they named her Morgan because this I it's right away thought of Morgana from the art, you know, the Arthur legends, mm-hmm. and how that was always the antagonist. And so part of me is thinking like she's going to play such a bigger part in this. Is she ultimately set it up to be the big villain here, which I think would be really cool. Um. I also, though, the girl that played Shin, I totally thought that was Chloe, Chloe Grace Mertiz for a while there. They look, they <laughs> she looks just like her, yeah. They do kind of look so, like, yeah. Especially, like, uh, her from, from Kick-Ass, right? Like, she's got the same, yes. like, hairdo. Yeah, she looks so similar. It's funny. And so, before we wrap up, because we are running out of time, but let's talk about the effects real quick. I know, Drew, you kind of touched on this. I thought the, the lightsaber fights looked pretty good. I thought that I wasn't pulled out of, you know... I, I'm going back to She-Hulk. A lot of people were pulled mm-hmm. out of the show with the way She-Hulk was presented. I don't think there was anything like that here, other than that there was some wrinkles in um, Ahsoka's um... Montrals, like on her yes. leku. Her, her leku, yeah. It looked like like sometimes when she moved, it looked a little like plastic or like silicone, and I was like, mm-hmm. but other than that, I, I thought it all looked really good. Yeah, I think it might have been intentional. Like it's supposed to be like like it looks like almost like rhino skin, kind of like that yeah. kind of. I think that might have been intentional because um, uh, sh- like Shakti back in like the prequels, I think I'd have to go look because like her leggings were super long. In Hers her. looked like so different in the prequels because it like you could tell like it ended like right here on her shoulder, like right by her shoulder. And it was like a line, like a harsh line, like had cut her off. And then like you could tell it was just another piece that they attached to touch to the floor. Yeah. And I understand why they can't make Ahsoka's like so long because they need it like practically 
like for when she's like jumping around and fighting and stuff and you can't always just cgi that just right like especially with the back Mm -hmm. of her head where like they had moved in animation and stuff it's not we're not going to really get that same effect live action but we didn't get that Mm -hmm. same effect with shock t live action i think it's fine i think her legs are fine like yeah they're the same length as they were in like the end of clone wars like season seven yeah i mean rebels is like really long <laughs> you know like i don't know if i don't know if that would look good in live action you know no. like, <laughs> you know like that's the thing it's like they want them really long but like at the same time like think about it practically try to do a yeah. live like a lightsaber fight with that then they're just flying around everywhere she's just gonna cut them off you know with like a lightsaber <laughs> but uh visually yeah i mean everything is great like it, it was uh like i said it looks better than anything i've seen on disney plus so far in terms of marvel and star wars um the only thing that I can really compare this to was the quality of like Guardians of the Galaxy three. I think that's the best CGI Marvels had in Phase four. Mm. Uh, Ahsoka was very comparable to that. The ships, like in the beginning, the ships looked great. Like Ahsoka's ship looks great. Um, nothing really feels like you know, like I mentioned with the volume, there's not really any compositing issues where like, or com- composition issue- issues where like, you you know, you, you can tell that they're staying in front of a green screen or something like that. I haven't really seen um, anything that stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Like, I, I mean, there's so many scenes in Marvel and some in, in like, you know, other Star Wars shows that just stick out like a sore thumb or a sore thumb. I said it back. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like I, like I said, you know, everything. I'm I'm really happy with how it visually looks. I think it looks really good. Yeah, like I just I just think it looks great. I think it looks like I have no complaints. Like truly, I completely even forgot that they used the volume on this. And I know a lot of it, like especially that temple that she was on, it, they tried to be as practical as it is because I think I get the feel from Dave Filoni that he wants things to be as practical as they can be. So yeah, I don't think really there was too much feel... volume. Yeah, yeah. There was too much volume on this one, like especially from like behind the scenes stuff. It didn't look like they used too much of the volume, but I don't know. I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. see eventually. Yeah, the temple at the beginning, I was really impressed with how it looked because I was worried it was gonna look like you know mm. being Disney Plus, it was gonna look cheap, you know, too much. Yeah, and it didn't. I was like, yeah, this is it beautiful. looked fantastic. Like I loved it. The yeah, the CGI was too. Gorgeous. Like with the big explosion and like her running, it looked like she was actually like on location. You know, like mm-hmm. it looked, mm-hmm. I think it it, 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 it it was good. Um, we have one more question before we wrap up then, and this one's from Radova, uh, or Anthony Flag, as we <laughs> know him at the Cosmic Circles. Um, do you wish that they had a, or like, do you think they should have had a refresher in the beginning of the show for those who didn't watch Clone Wars or Rebels, or do you think it's going to be okay? Um, I think it's probably. I think um, it's fine. Mm. I don't know, man, because it's like... I think, like, maybe in, like, the scroll they could have recapped, like, what happened with Ezra and Thrawn and, yeah, like, that yeah, final fight for the Lothal, I mean, like, like, quickly. Yeah. But, like, Clone Wars, I think there's just too much to go over with Ahsoka and stuff, and I think you're getting bits and pieces of it with the Mandalorian and, like, Bo-Katan and stuff, but if you want, like, deep details, like, I think mm-hmm. everyone should just watch the shows because they can't just dive into those details in a recap. Like it's going to make much. no sense. There's just, yeah, there's so much. I think all I, I, I mentioned, I, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I also think that like the beauty of star Wars with it's all of its expansive lore is that the stuff you need for each show, they provide to you and you don't need to know any more than what's already provided. Like, yeah. 
if you needed to know everything, like sometimes I know like Marvel stuff, they want, they want you to watch everything. Small callback to the first movie. And like the Star Wars has been so expansive for so long that I think that they have a better system of handling that. Like they'll show yeah. you what you need. You don't have to worry about the rest. So I think that all you really need, I mentioned this to Red because he hadn't seen it. Redova, I call him Red. I think everybody <laughs> kind of calls him Red. Um, that all you really need to know is that Ezra and Thrawn disappeared at the Battle of Lothal, which was the series finale. And um, the end of episode two is the same ending as the final scene of Rebels. Um, like the yeah. final scene. Um, other than that, just you know, just need to know that Ezra lived on Lothal and that's why Sabine lives on Lothal. She lives in the same place where Ezra lived. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We're going to get like, right now you don't really need to know anything, but like, I feel like we're going to get to like, finding Ezra and finding Thrawn and you're going to have the ghost and like, then you're going to have like Jason Sindula and like, there's just going to be some missing context, you know, like, ah, I really don't know. And even my, if you my best did... advice would just be just, just binge it as fast yeah. as you can. You know? And even if you did want like those filler things, like with like Ahsoka and what happened with her, like Disney plus has laid out like, if you go to the Star Wars tab, they've laid out like Ahsoka specific episodes that, hey, you should mm-hmm. probably watch. Like, you don't even have to go in to Clone Wars. Like, it's right there on the homepage for Star Wars. Twilight of the Apprentice. Yes. Um, the, uh, and that being said, you know, you mentioned that final scene. And real quick, was I the only one that was slightly bothered by the fact that Ahsoka did not look like her costume did not match what it was in the cartoon. She didn't have the, the robe, white cloak. White robe. Yeah, so I think they, they did that intentionally because it's. I think that they did that intentionally because it's literally copying Gandalf. Yeah, like, it's literally like one one for one copying Gandalf from going from a gray robe, dying. Spoiler alert! Sorry for anybody that hasn't watched it. Coming back to we took life. Care of it, don't worry. Yes, <laughs> dying. <laughs> Coming back to life in a white robe with a white staff like that's a little, that's a little bit too close there like they needed you know like so that's why i'm like okay like meh, you know maybe they needed to change that so i'm okay with that but at the same time we don't know that it's the same scene i mean like it pretty much is the same scene like yeah almost, like almost beat for beat but like uh, like i wouldn't be surprised if she shows up with the white robe eventually yeah as she should um <laughs> That being said, then we are running out of time. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for listening along. And thank you so much, Drew and Emily, for joining me. Um, you can check us out at thecosmiccircus.com or find us on Twitter and other social medias at My Cosmic Circus and our Cosmic Circus podcast Twitter at Cosmic Podcasts. But before we go, the two of you, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my username is Drew Reed. 1099 on Twitter and uh, that's pretty much all. That's the only social media site I use pretty much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at EmilyMCD11. Uh, that's all I really post to either. <laughs> and of course, they can find you every day at thecosmiccircus.com. Yep. Uh, thank you again, everyone. and Can't wait for our next trip to the cosmos. Bye. Bye.